in our Writers' Interview series. This episode, we speak to Gavin G. Smith and Stephen Deer, uh, writing under the pseudonym Gavin Deer. Uh, their book, Elite Wanted, is going to be published through Galantz. Uh, thanks very much for joining us, guys. First of all, perhaps you can tell us a little about yourselves. Stephen Dees, I write primarily fantasy books for Galantz, first published with them in, in 2009 with the Adamantine Palace. Most recently, um, last year, with a novel called Dragon Queen. Been writing for my own pleasure for 25 years or so as well. Elite Wanted is going to be the first science fiction book, and it was science fiction that got me into into writing, really, in the first place. So I'm really looking forward to seeing it out there. Uh, my name's Gavin G. Smith. I'm a science fiction writer. I've written the books Veteran, War in Heaven and Age of Scorpio. I also did a tie-in for Crisis 3 called Crisis Escalation, which is a collection of short stories set in that world. I've been reading science fiction and fantasy probably since I was about seven or eight years old, and um, that sort of inevitably, I mean, I've been trying to get into writing for a number of years, and I think uh, Veteran was published in about 2010. Okay, that's great. Um, and I suppose the first question I'm going to ask is the one that a lot of people are going to ask, certainly on the on the uh, Frontier Forums, which is two people writing a book. How does that work? <laughs> Badly. <laughs> um, well, funnily enough, uh, when we decided to do this, uh, Stephen and I got together and we thought, well, we know there's been books that have co-written before, and we uh, obviously we know a number of writers, but we couldn't think of any adults to ask about how to go about this whatsoever. I should say that um, this isn't our first foray into co-authoring. Um, we, we both have a pair of science fiction books coming out later later in the year in which we're both writing the same story but from different perspectives it's not quite like the elite novel in, in that they are separate separate novels which we largely although gavin did write a chapter for me at one point um they're largely our own individual works but we had to we'd already been through the process of working out how to do that and how to link these stories together so we kind of had some idea of how to cooperate with each other but i know i just we, we just sort of said well i need a plot and the characters and stuff and sort it out gav and he kind of did I think the answer to, to the question, if we're honest, is we sort of cheated um, because we took two characters, we chose a character each, and we sort of went from chapter to chapter. And again, we were we were sort of intertwining the, the stories, and I, I can't say too much more about it than that. Uh, and we were already kind of used to it. In an odd way, uh, I don't know how Stephen feels about it, but um, I found it easier co-writing a novel with him than writing a novel in a shared world if that makes any sense yeah sure i guess when you're writing it did it involve lots of trips to the pub and, and chatting over beer or something like that I, I think i got quite drunk um when we sat down to plan it <laughs> <this time laughs> round. 
Um, I, I, most of it was, I think most of what we did was, um, uh, you know, we would write separate chapters on our own. And when we had more enmeshed stuff, then we would get together. And what we would do, because we're consummate professionals, is, okay. you know, do the difficult <laughs> writing first and then go to the pub. Oh, that's very professional. I, I'm really impressed with that. Um, so, I mean, how did you actually get involved with writing an elite book for Glance? Well, that's down to uh, Marcus Gibbs at, at Golance. He, he, he and, and, and uh, another uh, one of the senior editors there, a chap called John Wood, both turn out to be quite avid elite fans. And when the Kickstarter came out, they were both they both backed it. And he saw that the Frontier were offering these basically licenses, I suppose, to to produce a book um, or a work of fiction in their in their setting. He, he he persuaded Galantz to sort of take a punt on and buy three, I think it was, of those rights that they were offering. So it was really it was really down down to Mark, Marcus is my my editor, and for this he's Gav's editor as well, I suppose. It was really down to sort of his initiative to go and grab the the rights to do it, and then start looking around for authors to write books for him. I don't know why he chose us, but probably because we were we were already working with him well for him. And when we knew that he was doing this, we were both jumping up and down going, me, 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 me. We want, we want, I think. Weren't you, Gav? Well, yeah, I mean, I read the, um, the funnily oh. enough, the first thing I knew about it was um, an article in The Guardian. And um, I'm, I'm just saying that so I sound intellectual. And it, it sort of, because, I mean, the way... The way the rights to these books were got was quite interesting, and it, uh, I believe it's the first time a publisher's bought rights like that via a Kickstarter. And there was an article about it um, in the Guardian. Of course, I was familiar with uh, Elite from you know w when I was younger, uh, and I thought that was quite interesting. So um, I, I was bothering my agent, um, saying, "Yeah, I'm interested in this. I know the." They've got th they've got um, three books. I, I would kind of like to be involved. So it was basically we had to do it together, or it was some kind of author death match thing was going to have to be arranged. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, that's great. Um, as for you know the book before we talk about the book itself, I mean perhaps you could just tell us a little bit about your experience of you know Elite and Elite Universe. I mean I take it have you played the game yourself? Um, the original Elite I played. Rather a lot, yes, as I suspect many of us did back in those days when there was nothing like it in the world. Yes, I crashed many a Cobra into the side of a Coriolis station, many. Well, that, that buys you kudos in, in the community straight away, I think. Um, what about you, Gavin? Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I remember very fondly um, playing the game uh, when I was younger. I, I had a great deal of fun playing it, but uh, sadly one of the things that, that stuck in my head about it was that bloody plastic thing you had to use to get the code right to get into the game. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, I could never quite get the hang of that. The idea of, the, of a POV game at the time it was just mind-blowing, as ridiculous as that might sound now. To us, even with the vectored graphics, it was a bit like being in a film. I, I suspect uh, anybody listening to this who, who's yeah, younger than me, which isn't uh, difficult, might think, you know, what a load of nonsense. But uh, it really was at the time. It's it sort of difficult to, to find a context for it. 
Yeah, I mean, a lot of people have, have actually talked about that and how, um, you know, because the game was, you know, the graphics were so simple, a lot of it was down to your imagination. And I guess that's what you're kind of referring to, really. And I mean, I, I don't know, do you think modern games have somehow taken away from that? I, I think that what, what one of the appeals of Elite, what, what made it, part of what made it so special was the, the graphics, because they were, they, at least when I came to it, they paired to everything else, they were fantastic. I mean, it seems daft now, but that's that's how it was then. But there was also the, the sheer scale of it. There was a, a sense of a sort of limitless world out or universe out there to, to, to go and explore and do what you like for as long as you like. And it, it's it's possible that, that, that these days the the power of, of, of graphics cards and the amount of attention to detail that can go, can go into that leads to a huge amount of effort being spent on the graphics and, and perhaps not as much effort spent on the gameplay as could be i've played a good few games that well started to play a good few games that have been very impressive visually but touch disappointing they just just haven't gripped somehow whereas back in his day elite certainly did grip i mean is that maybe just an expectation thing that um you know they and and just because the scale was so massive then um it kind of let you you know your imagination run wild i guess can you maybe talk about some of your are there any other influences when writing the book? Well, movies, I suppose. Um, I always wanted to write a science fiction book with some actual physics in it. Okay, <laughs> stop laughing. <laughs> um, stop <Sorry>. it. I tried to get in the way of that as much as possible throughout the entire writing process. I'm going to be quiet now. <laughs> and I, I, when I went to university, I, I trained as a physicist, but as a, but I almost trained as an astrophysicist. And it was really, I had a, it was a sort of gleefully, gleefully fun experience wandering around astrophysical journals and Wikipedia and so forth, just just rootling around all these old astronomical phenomena that I haven't really touched or looked at for for two decades now and I really enjoyed I really enjoyed doing that and, I, and, and, and I'm really kind of looking forward to playing elite to just go and visit some places that that are going to be in the game I hope I want to surf a contact binary please yeah, I mean, uh, and that that was uh, that was also quite important to Frontier that there be real physics involved. Um, and uh, I mean, in, in terms of influences for me, what what I wanted is that you know, at the, at the time I was playing Elite and the other things that uh, I was reading and and paying attention to the, the kind of classic science fiction of my youth, uh, I was interested in writing that writing quite a straightforward good fun science fiction story so i guess for me it was the likes of harry harrison stainless steel rat uh, i'm a bit later on things like um peter hamilton's space opera stuff which is very good but um uh, i was also taking a lot of uh, key uh, a lot of cues and what i was doing from crime films which is one of my favorite genre of films because uh, a lot of people have been um talking about some of the more contemporary films, things like Firefly, um, which resonated with a lot of people because they felt that kind of mirrored some of the, you know, the philosophy of the elite, the elite universe. I mean, is that something that you were into at all? Or, or some of the more modern space operas or something? 
I, I very much like Firefly. I think it's problematic whenever you have a group of people in a spaceship. Um, nowadays, Firefly is always going to be mentioned. Um, and just like before Firefly, if you had a group of people in a spaceship uh, of that sort of ilk, a small, smaller spaceship as opposed to a, an Enterprise-style spaceship, Star Wars was always um, uh, mentioned. And uh, I think Joss Whedon sort of, one of the big reasons that he did Firefly was him thinking about the the Millennium Falcon and its crew. Um, I I have to say, Firefly wasn't really at the fore of my mind when I was writing it. I always found that there was there was some correlation between Elite and, um, for example, Asimov's work, his um, Foundation and Empire. Uh, and I also found that there's some uh, correlation between Elite and a, a role-playing game that um, I used to play called Traveller. So I was probably thinking more more about that. And the, the more contemporary stuff that I was thinking of was uh, stuff like Peter F. Hamilton's work. Um, uh, Ian Banks was very much on my mind because he had only very recently died when we were when we were writing it. Um, and um, uh, and and again back to back to crime movies. Well, I'll pick you up on the, on the crime movies bit when we talk about the themes. But so just just to the book itself, and I hope you'll warn us warn us of any kind of spoilers. Can you give us like a, a brief synopsis, or you know, tell us what it's about? It's um, it's essentially a hunter and hunted story. That the sort of kickoff point is a is an act of piracy. And a bounty hunter is searching after a not actually particularly related bounty, um, but that has a sort of comes in tangentially to the to, to that act of piracy, um, and then it sort of begins then from from there as a as a story of of the consequences for the for the pirates of 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 their act of piracy and their and 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 tensions within within their group uh, because things don't go quite according to plan. And then at the same time, you have this bounty hunter who is steadily closing closing in on them. It takes a turn from that later on, but I don't think I should probably say too much about that. That's okay. We we know it's difficult. We this is obviously the obvious question you have to ask, but you know nobody will really wants to answer it. Talking about like the major themes of the story, and, and you mentioned crime, and and I I think I heard Marcus say that that was actually one of the major themes. Can you kind of elaborate on that a bit more? So, yeah. So uh, basically, uh, I'm not going to say which one did which, because I think it's kind of interesting that we don't maybe let people work it out for themselves. But one of us was writing from the perspective of uh, Ziva Shell, who is the bounty hunter. And the other one was writing from the perspective of uh, Ravindra Kangwa, who is the pirate. Um, so from Ravindra's uh, position, you were getting a look into how we see the world of piracy working within the the, the elite the elite universe. So um, we kind of go behind the scenes. It's not just um, they turn up with a yo ho ho. You see where are their bases, who are their support network, uh, how does what they do affect those around them, what are the consequences of their actions, uh, and what we've what we've tried to do, and we've we've tried to do this in, in the other project that we've worked on as well, is try and 
try and go through it, see if we can make sure that these people aren't making any mistakes, that they're, they're doing smart stuff, that they're intelligent, fully-fledged human beings rather than plot devices. Uh, whether or not that's worked, I guess you would have to ask, uh, you would have to ask somebody who's read it. I mean, one, one thing that, that really kind of struck me when we finished was the fact that we'd, we were co-writing this and one of us had taken the bounty hunter and one of us had taken the pirate. And we, we kind of structured it by having... You know, we would write an alternate chapter um so it kind of goes pirate bounty hunter pirate bounty hunter and then there are some places where they're both in the same place at the same time and that was when lots of beer happened but the fact that we we, we had taken each of a character meant that both of them came across as kind of equals in the in, in the narrative they both get as much time and, and attention as Neither one of them is serving merely to advance the character of the other. They're, they're both fully-fledged, rounded characters with their own issues and problems that have nothing to do with, or everything to do with with the lifestyle that they've chosen. And, and as much as anything, uh, if there's a theme of the story, it's about the, the consequences for both the pirate and the bounty hunter of the lifestyle they have chosen and, and what, it's, what, it does, what it does to them and to those around them. So uh, what you said there was about you were trying to make the characters as smart as possible. I mean, and you were working obviously, you know, in kind of an alternate way. Did did you surprise each other with what the other person had written at all? <laughs> um, I, well, I mean, obviously, we'd we'd done a, a, a we'd done a, a reasonable amount of planning um, before we uh, we'd gotten into it. Um, we kind of step by step structure, yeah. Yeah, so we kind of knew um, where we were going. I think we have surprised each other uh, whether or not it was necessarily on this project. I know on the other project, I had a character that seemed to start off as one thing and then totally turned into something something else, which I planned but decided not to tell Stephen about for some reason. Um, and uh, and there's the story about the finale in uh, in Elite, which sadly we can't really tell you about until you've read it, if you see what I mean. Uh, I, I came up with a, an idea, spoke to Stephen about it, and he just sighed and went and worked out the physics for it. So, so there was a bit of fluidity to the writing process. I mean, did you take advantage of that quite often? Well, it was quite... Uh, in a way, we... By, by setting up the structure that, that we did, we, we gave ourselves um, quite a bit of freedom to do whatever we wanted with our own, with our own characters. So it, it didn't have much impact on one side of the story. What, so say, say, say well, the, the bounty hunter's going off from A to B uh, and chasing down some lead or other. It doesn't have much impact on that side of the story, what the, the pirate's up to at that, at that particular time. So there was a certain amount of, of, of latitude until until they started until they started to come coming together i think if i remember rightly gab we didn't when i shall mention i shall say the veil and that will be <laughs> sufficiently obscure no one will know what we're talking about until we until we read this i wasn't expecting the veil um <laughs> sorry the the, the the veil i mean in in general terms i suppose i was but but the way you wrote that character i found really quite striking and it changed my kind of view of the, the 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 story a little at that point and i think when we reached the end 
certainly the way you the way you had done the veil early on influenced quite a lot the way that I wrote some of the later chapters. Yeah, I can I can I can see that. I'm I'm, I'm just hoping that for people that uh, <laughs> were listening, that wasn't just a series of oblique uh, references. Well, I, well, no, because I, I think it's quite interesting because it just goes to show that although you can have a plan, that there is that kind of still dynamic elements that can influence you can influence each other in in ways. Um, and so I, I actually personally think that you know the co-writing element's really interesting. Um, and and kind of without putting you on the spot too much, you know, was what was the most challenging aspect of, of doing that? <laughs> Probably lasers. <laughs> oh God, shut up. Uh, this uh, I thought this project went really really smoothly. Um, I, I've certainly had worked on much more difficult uh, projects than this. I mean, I've I've known. I know Stephen since uh, you know for a, a good um, four or so years now, and he was one of the first people I met um, when I got published. And we get on uh, we get on reasonably well when I'm not driving him nuts. And um, uh, you know he, I know I, I mean we've struggled in other things where we where we've worked together for one reason or another, but this one actually went really well. And I think, you know, some of that comes down to, despite the fact that um, it, it's co-written, we actually had a reasonably straightforward um, uh, structure. Yeah, we, we, I don't remember having too many problems with, with Elite Wanted. We, we certainly practically killed each other in the, at one point with the, with the, with the, other, the other two books. But with, with, with Wanted, it actually it did go pretty smoothly. So I, I well, I, I, you're only going to answer the question one way, I guess. That um, so you'd probably be happy to work on another project together. Yeah, well, we we still are working on projects together. Oh, great. Um, yeah. So uh, well, at least I think we are. Um, I, I mean, I, the other thing I was going to say. I mean, I think um, when 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 it came to the the, the finale, which uh, I'm certainly very pleased with. Yeah, I was going to uh, come- Steve did an awful lot of work on 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 the the nitty gritty on the background of the finale and uh, explaining it and making it make sense uh, and making it that much more um, realistic, which I I thought at the time went uh, went above and beyond. But um, um, my physics isn't isn't bad, but I'm not a uh, I'm not a graduate. So yeah, that there, there was the bit where you said. Uh, you know what? The ending. The ending. I want. I want it to be like this. <laughs> I mean, not, not not in any detail. Just generically. I want it to be. I want it to be like like this. And I kind of looked at you in this sort of. Yeah. So so you're basically throwing everything about how everything works away in order for for special effects. Really, is that about? Then yeah, that was about it, wasn't it? And, and, <laughs> And, yeah, that's that's a reasonably good good assessment of the situation. But that was kind of fun trying to work out how to actually set up some piece of astrophysics where half the stuff that that you would normally rely on as a as a, as an elite ship pilot didn't work. And I really quite enjoyed that and I was quite pleased with the answer too. Uh, yeah, but, you seem to be quite happy so I thought I'd leave you to it. It was it was fun going away and researching bizarre astronomical phenomena. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, well, one thing you you kind of get used to when you read a novel is you get used to the you know the author's voice and and their style, and it quite often permeates through all the characters. And so I'm going to be quite interested to see. You know, because you've obviously taken two characters each. I mean, how that's going to work? You know, is there going to be an obvious, like, clear split between them? And do you think that's 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 going to, you know, work really well? I think you've got two quite clear uh, voices in in hindsight. I think the for for a start, the the, the bounty hunter is a a solitary hunter. Um, the pirate has a. They have a larger ship, and they have a. They have a crew. So you have immediately a completely different dynamic surrounding each half of the half of the story. And I think, I think we write in a similar enough way for it to gel, but in a different enough way that the it does permeate through the whole of each arc of, of the story you do get a just a, di- a different sense of tone from from each half uh, I, that, that that's just sort of a re- reflection on how it struck me when it was finished I'd, I'd be quite curious to know how it works for 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 people who read it fresh yeah i mean i think i think that's part and parcel of um Having two characters and then having two authors, I think that's part of the the. Uh, it's not really a cheat, but if you see what I mean, we we made it, we made it slightly easier on ourselves. And I think, um, as Stephen said um, earlier on, uh, the fact that we've got two, I think, reasonably strong authorial voices for each of the characters works very well because the characters are effectively pitted against each other i think it it, it helps um that the, the characters are both pretty strong um determined self-reliant characters they're actually perhaps more similar than either of them would like to to admit and and i, I think having having them actually written by different people helps to differentiate their personalities somewhat I think it's a. I think in hindsight, it's it is a strength to the to the writing that that they have been done by separate people. Okay, good stuff. Um, and I wanted to kind of move on now towards, you know, your relationship, you know, working with Frontier and things like that. But first of all, I wanted to to ask Gavin. I mean, how did working with Frontier? Because it's my understanding you've you've worked on other uh, franchises before. And how did it compare to working with Crytek? You know, in terms of like the level of support and interaction with the studio. Well, as you can imagine, I have to be very careful what I say here. Um, it was different from working with Crytek, um, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I very much enjoyed working with uh, uh, Crytek, and I really liked the the, the, the crisis um, uh, escalation. Um, working with Frontier, they were uh, they were quite laid back about it. They, they certainly the initial meeting um, that we had with them, they seemed to get behind the premise of the book very quickly. They provided us with a lot of background uh, material, which was very useful. Um, most of which, uh, you know, um, we paid less attention to than than going through all the details of the ships, which is what we really wanted to read about because we're both nerds. Um, 
but no, no I mean, uh, yeah, d two different experiences, two different um, uh, ethos. Um, but yeah, the, uh, you know, both both interesting companies to work with. I mean, certainly working with Crytek was the first time I'd ever uh, worked with a, a computer game company, and it, it was a real eye opener. But um, no, it was good. Well, um, I don't have to be tactful, having not worked with any other games company. So I only have the stories that other people, not just you, Gab, have told me about working with other games companies. And compared to what I had been bracing myself for, it was uh, astonishingly relaxed and easygoing and open. Um, and a, and a, they were really quite a joy to work with. Well, that's quite interesting. And especially in terms of, I mean, you've mentioned physics being, you know, an area of interest. I mean, how closely, you know, did you manage to tie in, you know, your story physics with, with you know, what the guidance you had from Frontier? Because, you know, they have been quite specific about what is and isn't possible in the elite universe. Uh, as, so, as far as the, the interesting physics goes, was uh, the, well, the, what, what I found interesting was, was basically astronomy and uh, the you know, genuine astro astronomical phenomena, genuine, genuine astrophysics, which I think is something that Frontier are pretty keen on getting you know, physically correct as well. So um, we were basically pretty much on the same the same page there. I don't remember the, the, the sort of physics causing any real contention apart from whether lasers are visible in space or not. <laughs> and that's caused a lot of contention. Um, it, it's amazing how much people really care about stuff like that. Uh, Stephen really, really, really cares about stuff like that. Um, my, uh, I mean, in terms of the physics, for me, I, you know, I've got, I've written two different, no, three different um, uh, kind of science fiction universes. Um, in terms of setting the rules for physics. And then further afield, setting the rules for you know the the, the background, the, the 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 universe of it. Frankly, I was just pleased that somebody else was doing all that world building for me, and I could just set down, concentrate on the 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 plot and the characters and things like that. I, I did particularly like the scene where someone's head explodes and then flash freezes because they're in a vacuum. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, it, yeah, I mean, some of the realism. I, one of the interesting things is Frontier have avoided um, artificial gravity in the sense of um, like you know gravitational wave generators or something like that. It's all done through rotation. But I, and one thing that's been pointed out by Alan Stroud on the podcast is that you know you take gravity you know for uh, for granted when you're writing you know a book normally. Um, because you know people sit down they have cups of tea and things like that and did did that actually cause a problem for you at all i wouldn't say it caused a problem it was in it made it interesting to write because there's a lot of scenes where the characters are you know basically in in in, in their spaceships flying around um in next to no gravity um it was interesting to, to 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 give that some 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 proper thought as to how things would work, but then again that that boils down largely to research because we've had space stations for a while and 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 many of the sort of notions of how things work, at least in principle, have been sort of you know, tried out really. Uh, quite early on, I had a um, um, I had a station. Uh, which was was actually a, a, a an upper atmosphere aerostat and a gas giant, 
and uh, which it, which I <laughs> which I thought I'd uh, I, I'd researched well enough. Um, but what I got wrong was, you know, um, can you rotate it for gravity? And no, of course you can't, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I had a very bemused um, Stephen explain some of the realities of physics to me, which is kind of embarrassing because I'm the science fiction author and, and, and he's the fantasy author. Um, but things like gravity, where, where it became interesting is um, uh, when you're dealing in combat that isn't to do with ships, you know, when somebody gets into a gunfight or a fistfight or things like that, then you're dealing with a whole different set of parameters which you have to bear in mind. But most of that stuff was fun. You, you were just doing, you know, you're just doing uh, different stuff and you have to bear that in mind. Uh, the effect on ballistics and and other things like that. Um, so yeah, it was it was more fun than it was a, a a challenge. Did you guys pop into the writers forum at all? You know, what did you think of the writers guides that you provided? I, I found them quite helpful. The writers guides uh, were there to cover the whole of the elite universe, uh, which is a vast construction, um, three separate widespread cultures, each of which containing many different worlds that are very diverse. So that the style guides, uh, the, the guides really only scratch the surface. And I don't, th and that, I'm, I'm sure Frontier wouldn't, wouldn't claim otherwise and that they were never intended to do, to do more than that. So that they kind of, they nail a few things down like, yeah, there, there's no anti-gravity, that there, there, there are no wildly exotic technologies out there that, that that we couldn't possibly find a physical justification for uh, 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 in, with our sort of current state of knowledge. But other than that, the diversity of, 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 of cultures, of politics, of societies um, is, is as much as you want it to be. Um, so put a few constraints down that sort of guided us away from the really the really exotic perhaps but beyond that i felt we we we, we both had we, we all had um quite a degree of, of freedom to to write pretty much what we wanted yeah i mean that's that's very much what i liked in that we were able to go through and cherry pick I particularly liked the social and cultural stuff i thought the the, the imperial trope had uh, had been done you know, particularly well and going through trying to work out what a technologically advanced society of that ilk with arguably some socially really unadvanced uh, things about it uh, would be like. And, you know, going through there and cherry picking bits and pieces um, from that as background for the characters, um, you know, it was, uh, uh, I really liked it. And like Stephen said, we could pick what we wanted, go away, and then we still had an awful lot of freedom, you know, uh, to 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 make up our story. We were basically given as, almost as much latitude as we wanted, and we were t we were told that, provided we didn't do anything that sort of blatantly flew in the face of what they'd written in the style guides, anyway. I I think I think had we started blowing up, you know, capital worlds and 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 important star systems we, we would have been um, told off a little bit yeah yeah i'm sure you would um uh so 
have you actually had a chance to maybe look at any of the other fiction that's been written at the moment or that that's soon going to be coming out you know within the elite universe and was there any projects that particularly interested you <laughs> it's, i'm wondering if this is a <laughs> We had the we had the meeting with Gid and, and I think it's um, Stephen and they were talking about their other uh, their other projects and we learned Science enough about yeah, about them to go um, yeah really looking forward to to uh, getting a chance to read those as well uh, I'm looking forward to reading their books. But there's there's something about exploding pigs that I just can't quite get out of my head but <clears throat> I can't say any more than that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I wasn't sure whether or not. I, I, I don't know. Are we now spoiling other people's books. Yeah. Well, you know, get in there before other people do. Yeah, yeah that's what I'd say. <laughs> Fine. Um, I mean, we spoke to Marcus recently, and uh, he told us that he he had access to one of the early Elite Alpha builds, uh, and he invited you guys round. I mean, did you get round there and have a go on that? Uh, we saw some of it when we were at Frontier. Um, but I think I, I think you've just grasped Marcus up there. It sounds like yeah. he is withholding. Yeah. No, it's not. Oh, it's, dear. It's not, it's not quite true. Um, it's maybe easier for me than for Gav because I, I live a little closer to London. I'm in there a little more often. I I did happen to meet Marcus. To be honest, I can't remember whether it was by accident, even or whether or, or design. But I did happen to meet with him briefly on the day he had just bought his ridiculous laptop for the specific purpose of playing elite <laughs> alpha build and he just i think i don't think he i don't i don't think he actually had it i think john wood had it and they they've been they've been playing it in the office and claiming that they were doing work because it was research <laughs> uh, i didn't See, get to have a i didn't get to have a look at it unfortunately well you know maybe this might be hanlon's razor it might have been a case that he knew you guys were busy and so you know he, he didn't bother inviting you oh it, so it sounds like everybody's been having some fun with it except me because this is the first i've heard from Stephen about it as well fair enough so i i guess the, the big question then is you know are you going to be you know are you going to find some time to actually play the final game when it does come out well i very much hope so um I certainly would if I had a machine capable of playing the damn thing at the moment, which I don't. So it's a, it's more a case of whether I'm going to be able to acquire a, something that can actually play it and just uh, and do it justice. But if I had such a thing, um, I would certainly be playing it for a while. I mean, I I backed it at the Kickstarter, um, so I'll I'll have it. Um, I have my I have my captain. Um, ready to go if I can find a machine that will run it. Steve, I've got to ask, is your captain your character? Yes. Right. So you're going to have to be really, really good at this game? Yeah, that had crossed my mind. <laughs> so so spend a lot of time practising on your own. <laughs> Well, I was going to say that, um, you know, hopefully, guys, you know, your first royalty check, you know, you'll be able to go and buy, you know, some nice PCs and a motorbike or something like that. <laughs> um, you know, so are you going to refresh our memory of what your captain names are? Just so we can look out for them well, in, the, in the upcoming beta. We'll, we'll, t we'll tell you uh, what the two characters are. We won't tell you who's written who. Oh right, okay, okay. So, or you've already said the character names, so that's fine. We were, okay, we won't spoil that. Well, the, so the, the characters' names are Ziva Shell and Ravindra Kangwar. 
right. So um, there'll be some people looking out for them, no doubt. Yeah, if you see them, run away because they'll uh, kick your ass, maybe. Yeah, frankly, if, if you see the red, if you see the red hourglass, just run, just run. What we'll probably have to do with those names is ask you to send us how to spell them, uh, just for the show notes, because right. um, I would really hate to butcher that. No problem. Great. Have you guys got any um, current projects that uh, our listeners might be interested in? Uh, yes, I have. Um, books coming out this year, apart from Elite, um, I have a couple of, would you believe it, Bulldog Drummond novellas um, coming out by a publisher called Pickwick. Um, they're just going to be available as ebooks. Um, I have another dragon book uh, called The Splintered Gods coming out in, in June. And then later in the year, um, I think it's I think it's November, but I, I'm not entirely sure about this. Uh, Gav and I both have uh, a pair of books coming out: Empire's Extraction and Empire's Infiltration. Um, that will come out under the name Gavin D's, same as Elite, uh, and that's our that's our sort of co co-written universe um, in which. Aliens invade the Earth from several directions at once, and uh, they fight, and humans try not to just die in droves. Um, and we've kind of picked up the we've picked up the stories of people trying to uh, sort of deal with one set of aliens and other people trying to deal with another set of aliens and trying to work out what the hell is going on. Um, what we've tried to do there is uh, two novels that each individually work perfectly well as a standalone and yet they mesh together seamlessly as well we practically killed each other doing that i think <laughs> uh yeah those, those, uh, those were those were uh difficult to write but um again i'm uh, i'm extremely pleased uh, with the, the the finished product and uh the people who have uh, looked at them are quite impressed and um i think you know, shared world projects are are uh, quite rare, uh, but I mean, I I've not really read anything like this as a uh, you know is a shared world um, uh, before. Uh, I think the you know people are going to be quite interested, and in I think it's going to be something new, but more importantly, it's going to be something fun and you know good good stories. And uh, we've tried to go through there and take all the the alien invasion cliches and just throw them out, and sort of come up with stuff which makes sense. Sweary, oh. sweary SAS men, scary aliens, snarky spaceships—they fight. Yeah. Or, or there's that as well. Uh, and also later on in the year, um, I've uh, got the follow-up to my novel Age of Scorpio coming out, which is currently being called a quantum mythology. Um, I think we're probably going to stick with that name, but uh, yeah, so that'll be coming out from me later on in the year as well. All I have to say now is, you know, thanks very much for joining us, guys. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you. Thank you too.
I'm going to see the galaxy. You have to remember, we're both writers and we go into this profession so we could sit in rooms on our own and not have to speak to other people. Oh, prices. So maybe we can do a recreation of that, the uh, the LaveCon event that's coming up in July then. We can just get you off on stage and just ply you with lots of alcohol. I Yeah, I, I, that's actually a really good idea. But I think it would actually make for a, a good reading, if you see what I mean. Yeah, no, completely. Okay. So you guys going to be there, are you? Well, yeah, we're organising it. Oh, right. <laughs> I, I've been paying attention, obviously. <laughs> Talking about like the major themes of the story, and, and you mentioned crime, and, and I, I think I heard Marcus say that that was actually one of the major themes. Can you kind of elaborate on that a bit more? So, as you see, we've got the bounty hunter, and we've got, uh, we, we've, we've, we've got the pirate. One of us... Oh dear, we seem to have lost Gavin. Yes, well, you lost me a while ago. <laughs> yeah, and for, luckily you weren't talking and you just came back, but uh, um, he should be able to get back into the coalition. Oh, does he know he's, I I was when... say, does he know he's not on the call anymore? He's probably sat there giving a great point to no one at all. <laughs> yeah, okay, let me... But there you go, you've got your first blooper anyway. Brilliant. <laughs> how we see the, the, the world of piracy. Uh... <laughs> okay, okay. Right, sorry, Gavin, we're going to have to just stop you there for a second. Yeah, no problem. Because uh, as soon as you started talking, unfortunately, you got kicked off the call. Oh, did so, I? Yeah, and so I'm really sorry. You're just going to have to kind of start that thought from the beginning. Right, okay. Um, you're not going to kick me off again. I, I promise it wasn't me. The, the internet edited you out, Gav. No, that, 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 uh, that, that, that seems reasonable.